Welcome. Ooh, that's it. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Episode number nine of Unspeakable Bliss. Nine? Number nine. How funny is that? That's like my life number. Yeah? Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you for having me. It's perfectly aligned then. And I am here with the one and the only. I'm actually just making sure the YouTube is muted so we don't get any feedback. Perfect. Um, And we're live on YouTube, so we will be speaking both to Anchor on my phone and then YouTube um, on the video elements as well. So Nicola and I met over a year ago Mm -hmm. at Home Farm. And Nicola just as a brief introduction, is a mentor, um, an empowered woman, absolutely, steward of planet Earth and student of life. She works at Giveth, which I imagine we'll probably talk about at some point today, maybe. Uh, And she's a co-founding member at the Diamante Bridge Collective, which I believe has something to do with Giveth, if I'm not mistaken, as As well. well. Cool. And she's at where we met, uh, a former steward at Home Farm. So is there anything, and a dear friend, of course, to my soul <laughs> yeah. sister, uh, is there anything else that you want to add to the introduction? Well, I'd also say that I'm a very passionate human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to just somehow be part of creating a positive change in this world. Mm-hmm. in a ways that are feeling aligned with my own purpose. Yeah. Shall we jump right in with Tantra? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much more I could, I could tell as a part of my story, you mm-hmm. know, because there's so much behind my even whole story of coming to Costa Rica that I find as a very transformational part of the journey. Um, but I'm always very, like, keeping it for myself, actually, and not sharing it with many people, just because I don't, yeah, it's just, like, very private. Mm-hmm. But it's powerful. So I would maybe leave it here, and if I can give more sneak peeks. Please, I mean, we yeah. talked about this a week ago, and we, we discussed having a podcast together. Remember I said something like, can you explain to me how we ended up sitting in Costa Rica on the Unspeakable Bliss podcast? Oh my god. Because you, I mean, how long have you lived here for now? It's been two years. Okay. Yeah, it's been two years and it's been an incredible journey. And I think the biggest initiation came when my mom passed away, hmm. when I was back in Czech. And that brought a lot of questioning into my life you know it's like hey when my life is just so short what am I doing here am I living my dreams am I really doing things that I'm being fulfilled in when did when did your mom pass away oh it's three years oh it's crazy story Uh, I didn't know that what I don't I didn't know that yeah, you see, because like, I don't, I don't, know this. I don't yeah. really share these parts of my story because there's a lot of pain like behind, mm-hmm. you know, and she well, she just went to bed and she didn't wake up. Um, and it was uh, three days after I went for my first family constellations where I finally got to deeply understand 
some of my wounds that are coming with my relationship with mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of healing that I've done, and I didn't get the chance to talk to her about it in person actually mm. anymore. And that was that was just a bit. That was just the beginning of like really me not making any more excuses or any compromise in my life and just like starting to follow my truth and actually looking for what's my bliss and mm-hmm. like which way to go and that's how I ended up dreaming of coming to Costa Rica and wow. I ended up carrying my mother's ashes on a pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela as like also initiation for me and like letting go of the past I, I went I, I did a big ceremony around this big shift in my life and my mom you know passing away and me taking on the unknown like going into unknown and not mm-hmm. knowing and tantra was just like one of the things that i always felt attracted to yeah. and i really wanted to learn more so i i started to just follow my dreams you know that's mm. what what happened after my mom's death so most beautiful the most beautiful things in my life started to come out of it mm-hmm. Yeah, I started to wow. sing and paint and, you know, made my own exhibition and I dreamed of Costa Rica and I, I dreamed of my own teacher coming to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and I contacted him and he welcomed me. So I, I, here, I mm-hmm. here I am, I came here. Everything just fell apart again because it wasn't, it was, uh-huh. it was just a, how to call it, when life just puts you somewhere where you're meant to be, you know, uh-huh. that journey started here how I really connected with the home farm and even idea of stewardship and land stewardship and how to connect with the land, which really means how to connect with myself, mm-hmm. you know, because I realized here in Costa Rica that what this nature is teaching me really is just to be able to connect with my own nature mm. and understand my own nature and then be in harmony and, and honoring, you know, mm-hmm. really in embodying and understanding deeper what it is on yourself, other self, and the and the land, and that's the biggest gift that I've received so far here, being here, living here, mm-hmm. living here. Yeah. So many questions. <laughs> so, was this when your mom passed away? <clears throat> were you living in Prague at that time? And what did she? What is it unknown? What she passed away from? Oh. Yeah, that was really weird. Well, the, they didn't they didn't really know, so they couldn't clearly tell. But what they said that looks like the cause that just her lungs were filled with the water while she was asleep. Wow. She was after she was a couple of years after a heart attack, and she was on a medication. But actually, I noticed that it was a time in her life where she was getting more vital again, and I was happy to see her that because. Uh-huh. She, you know, my mom, she had me when she was 40, so she died when she was 71. Okay. We had always okay. big, big gap between uh-huh. us. Same with um, my parent, with my mom, mm-hmm. too. And there was a lot, a lot going on, of course, like, as we carry a lot from childhood, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I've done a lot of healing, actually, after my mom died with her. Mm. Like with that um, archetype of mother, mm-hmm. really, and my generational some burden, burdens, or whatever. I don't know. I don't have. I don't really spend too much time talking about these things, so I don't have a proper names for all of it. But for sure. there's a lot that just 
is so rewarding on this journey that's coming. Yeah. All the time. <sighs> I can't imagine what it will be like when my, when knock on wood, my parents leave their bodies. I cannot imagine that. But so I'm curious, was your was or is your father in the picture? Your your my father died when I was four. Oh wow! So my mom was the last parent that I had. Uh-huh. Actually, now I have sister. They're much older, sister and brother, uh-huh. and nieces. There's a saying that you're truly, actually grown up when both of your parents pass away. Really? Yeah. <laughs> then I guess I'm grown up. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel? Do you feel any truth to that statement? Is that? Oh. Yeah, there is something about it, yeah. Like, because you're, you you're not a child. You're exactly. not anyone's physical child You cannot child call anymore. your mom. Right. You cannot call her anymore. Wow. You have to wow. hug yourself. You have to really face mm-hmm. your inner child. And really, that's what happened after my mom passed away. And I went through a period of, like, the natural grieving. Like, being adults, mm-hmm. I understand the cycles. And I was on my spiritual path for some time. So, like, you know, I was... As a being adult person, I was in peace with uh, and, and understanding that what happened, you know, with it. When I when I, sorry, yeah. When I mean when I passed through this this period of this like an initial grief, then something shifted and the child started to grieve that little girl, and mm-hmm. there was such a different um, feeling also because. I couldn't really stop it. I had to let that child to just like, I had to give it attention. Mm-hmm. And she was just like to cry for because she lost the parent. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know like she was loving the parent, right? So it was very, I had some weird shit going on as well in my relationship at the time. Like that boyfriend at that time that I was going through this experience, he like, so sort of um, like because there was this polarity shift he was like starting to tell me that he doesn't feel intimate with me anymore and he feels actually with my father and he wants to take care of me and it actually like pretty much ruined our relationship because <laughs> he started to take on sort of like a parent role yeah huh. he was really like he was sipping into into the role of father somehow and i i like when he shared this with me i was like I have nothing in this. Why are you doing this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, a couple of months later, it somehow repeated in a similar but different situation. And that's where I realized that it's actually happening because of me, that I am the catalyst for this. Mm. So that's where I started to look deeper. And What do you mean you were the catalyst for it? I was the catalyst for this because the child, like I, I needed to understand how to give her attention and how to take care of her and how to like mm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know be the support okay i see what you're saying that that was the time where i actually started to even connect with some like inner child what what does she look like how does she feel like what's my inner woman look like you know mm-hmm. and my inner man and it was powerful gift because <clears throat> yeah i think that's really beautiful journey for everyone to to like even just go into those places and and try to see what's what are they feeling like inside mm-hmm. you know this your this is something like i call the inner family or whatever your inner child your inner man and inner woman what they look like what they yeah. feel like how they interact with each other it's a big part of uh, the journey so 
thanks to that I was able to do some more healing there. Yeah. You know, just the other day I was reflecting on this. We were we were meditating at a wake in Uvita in the their morning meditation, and I was starting to think about how uh, there's like the the in spiritual circles we'll say or spiritual communities the capital S self and then the personal self the capital S self being equivalent to God or, or everything and and I was just thinking about how like to me that's normal language or to you that's that's probably normal language too so like inner child when and I think to the typical viewer or someone that listens to this they'll know what we talk about but I was just reflecting on how deep into that I've gotten and how that's normal language for me whereas someone else when they hear inner child they might be like inner child I know right yeah, what, what is she talking about oh inner my god child? this has just happened to me yeah. somebody reacted on one of my stories in some sort of like this triggered reaction then what are you talking about you really real your reality is like totally out there like why are you uh-huh. doing this yeah yeah people People, everyone has their own. There's a there's another saying. It's like um, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. And that's the beauty. Yeah. I mean, that's what I really love about like the richness of it. So you know, I'm very grateful for how my journey mm-hmm. is taking me to different places, and it's like. I can ask for living a better life, you know, just like this time. This mm-hmm. is how I feel. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what? What's your thing? Oh, feel? yeah. So, that's, I remember what I was going to share with you with the inner child stuff. And this would be a good example, too, for a listener who maybe doesn't, isn't as familiar with this sort of thing. One time, I just shared this, like, a few days ago with Logan, uh, Mila's dear, dear soul friend um, who's visiting here. I was working with, and then I want to talk about, like, your spiritual journey and also Tantra and, like, what Tantra actually is, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. So that's why I jokingly began with that. But um, and I think this will relate to it. So I was working on sleep meditation. Do you know what that is? With the sleep yogas. So you can apparently wake up in your dream. And then in your dream, like you can meditate. You could, And you can also fall asleep, but your consciousness remain awake still. That's like a lucid dream? It's kind of like a lucid okay. dream. And I was actually, I was reading this book. But it's like kind of a Buddhist practice by Andrew Holichuk and I think Michael Taft. Anyhow, I would like I would wake up after sleeping for like six hours. I would intentionally not sleep as much and drink a little coffee, take okay. a cold shower to get my body in like this sort of half awake, half asleep state. Uh-huh. So I'm still kind of tired. Uh-huh. And I was sitting there. I would say this was my most significant inner child experience. It was beautiful because I didn't even expect it. I didn't even, it's not like I was doing an inner child workshop or something, which I've done plenty of that. That's a whole other, <laughs> multiple different stories. Anyhow, I was with Sladka. We were visiting my hometown in Cleveland. This was yeah. like two years ago. And I mean, I'm already, I have already meditated for like hundreds and hundreds of hours. So it's like, I didn't, I wasn't just beginning, beginning this whole thing. 
which would be a pretty radical place to begin <laughs> meditating, just trying to start falling asleep and keeping your consciousness awake. <laughs> if I did start there, that'd be, that'd be quite interesting. Don't try that. Don't try that. Don't try, try that. It at home. Actually, it's totally safe as long as, I guess, you're not doing it while you're driving. Um, anyhow, uh, iPhone entered the waiting room. Somebody's joining us? Zlodka is joining us from the other room. <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast. But look at this. Isn't this the weirdest thing? Like it says, Dar- Darren. Darren entered the waiting Darren room. Darren left because they realized that they, they were coming <laughs> into a podcast. Thing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Surprise guest. Why? Maybe somebody's just... What? They left. They came out and left. If they come back, we'll let them in. We'll see who it is. Yeah, okay. Sound good? Yeah. Cool. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is just playing. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. So, mm. you had this in- experience with your inner child? Yeah, yeah. So, I woke up, I was, did the routine, drank, drank some coffee, took a cold shower, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm practicing this. I'm doing it before I go to bed and, and right when I wake up, like the times before I sleep and when I wake up. I'm trying to do it when I sleep, but I'm not really in control of that that much and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden my head is like this I was sleeping but I was aware that I was sleeping I was sitting there meditating but I was aware that I was sleeping I was like whoa yeah that's, I had this experience where my consciousness was aware that I was and I was like whoa this dude's body is asleep right now but I whatever this I is consciousness awareness is still awake mm. and so and I thought that I would I thought I had the idea that my excitement was going to wake my, my body back up, you know, like, I've, I've just, because like, I'm excited because I've achieved my goal now, but it didn't, it didn't. I still remained sleeping. I, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm sleeping right now. I am meditating and I'm aware of it. It's the weirdest thing. I could hear myself breathing. I could hear all the noises in the room, but I was asleep, sitting up just like that. And then the next thing that happened, I started dreaming and I had a dream We have a guest, our surprise guest for all those listening on Spotify and well, this iTunes. this is so interesting, though. Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah, well, there's no way room. So there, I think it's, it's okay, yeah. I think it's, I think Slodka's <laughs> in the other room trying to use Zoom, and then she's realizing that we're oh, using Zoom. Oh, they have their own call. Well, they're going to use Mila's Zoom, I guess. Okay. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I love, they keep coming in, like, right when I'm at the peak of this story, yeah. too, which is interesting. Anyhow. I'm sitting there and I start having this dream and there's this little boy and this little boy looks at me and I didn't even know that it was me to begin with. I just was feeling this. It's like, okay, all of a sudden there's a little boy and he looks at me and he like asked me like, what, what, what can I do? You know, or like, am I allowed to do anything I want to do? And I responded to him. I was like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. Like, have fun. Like, enjoy yeah. yourself. Which was interesting because to me that was like the, the healed adult father figure speaking to me through me being like, whatever, you, whatever you'd like to do. Like, there's a, instead of you have to do this or you must do this or whatever it was. Yeah. And after I said that to this little boy, he said, he looked at me and said, I want to sit here and meditate with you. Uh- and this is where it gets really crazy to go on. The little boy sits in my lap, becomes me, merges into me, and then now there's no difference between the dream 
the meditation and me sitting there sleeping. He literally sat down and merged into like, so all three fields of sleeping, dreaming and meditating merged. And it was like, nothing happened. Then I'm just sitting there again. What a trip. <laughs> yeah, right. That's no psychedelics, trip. no nothing. Just Do you have such an experience? Do you? Do have you such have similar experience? experience? Let us know in the comments on Please. YouTube. I don't. But that's fascinating. Well, you've had many, you know, we all have our experiences. Yeah, I mean, this is always something um I'm eager to to have more of because I'm a very intellectual person. Mm. Like from nature. Um, but I see myself also very like spiritually grounded. Yeah. And uh, there is so much more of the uh, para paranormal experience that I'm like feeling eager to experience. Something mm-hmm. like this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you worked for it actually. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I don't know how much I've shared with you of my story, but I. I discovered sort of, we'll say consciously, the spiritual path when I was in my early 20s as a result of, well, following my heart. So I was going to drop out of college. I was studying accounting because that's what you do. You know, you do that. And I I do that voice as in that's what I thought society wanted me to do. I thought my parents wanted me to do that, which they never explicitly said that. But there was still the narrative like make money get as much of it as you can and then when you're 60 or 70 then you can retire and yeah. then you can be happy mm-hmm. and then that didn't make sense to me you know mm-hmm. and I realized I'm like this is my life you know or, or theoretically if I'm going to college for this and I'm taking this thing sincerely for four years of my first adult life after 18 and getting a massive amount of debt to do it because I was I was at a private university that cost a significant amount of money Anyhow, that was the first decision that I actually made for myself without asking anyone else was when I was 20, about 20 years old, was instead of dropping out, I decided to study theater and philosophy. And the two reasons I studied theater and philosophy, theater always made sense to me because it's playing for the sake of playing. I'm like, that makes sense. (laughs) Having fun, telling stories, 100%. And I, Uh I love art. So... I decided to be an actor and then to study philosophy. And I, I thought I'd either go to continue my acting studies, move to New York or Los Angeles and be an actor, or maybe go and get my master's in philosophy and then be like a philosophy professor or something like mm-hmm. that. That was the idea at that time, yeah? Something, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing all of it, except I'm at my own university and I'm still pretending to be the actor Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> As I wear this mask that I can't take off. Not right now. Right. I don't want to. I like this flesh suit avatar okay anyhow so and philosophy my my professor said to me he said the only reason anyone would study philosophy is if they want to live a happy life and I was like that makes that makes sense to me that's where I want to put all the you know other kids in the classroom I think they were like I want to go to my business classes (laughs) but you had to it's a liberal arts school so you had to take a variety of different things which I'm so grateful for because I didn't know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why I went to college and as a result this is where it comes full circle as a result of following my heart like and, and then not asking for permission from anyone that yeah. was big too like I didn't wow. I didn't call my mom and dad I didn't mm-hmm. say like hey or a partner I was just like this is what I want mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna give myself fully to it and as a result of that sitting in my philosophy class this guy he barely spoke up barely said anything and it, it's a a um 
what do you call it when when uh, not debate it's not quite a debate but basically you read different philosophical material and then you come into class and you talk about what 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 you think about it and why you think what you Philosophical think. debate. Yeah, yeah. That right? for lack of better words, that's what yeah. what what it is exactly. Uh-huh. And so I'm sharing all my own ideas in relationship to the ideas of the philosophical mm-hmm. discourse that we're reading. And this dude sitting next to me, Anthony Libertini, he's a photographer, lives in California now, dear friend as well. He said, you got to read this book, bro, because everything that you're talking about in class is in this book. It's a weird thing to say to someone, right? I look at the book. It's a book called Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, Kriya Yoga. (laughs) And and I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, I looked at the type cover and there's like this man with long hair and like kind of looks like a woman, but... (laughs) <laughs> yoga, yoga, because I thought it was like yoga movement stuff, not really meditation. It was all about meditation, really, and God consciousness, enlightenment, Buddha nature. And that's when I started reading that book as a result of following my heart. I knew I was going to dedicate my life to that in some way, shape, or form. And that's when like memories of an 11-year-old came rushing back to me where I'd be looking up at the cross, the crucifix of Jesus, mm-hmm. and I would think, what's in that guy it has to be in all of us, otherwise this is just bullshit or a scam or whatever it is but I forgot about that because where is that going to grow when I'm a Catholic schoolboy? anyhow as a result of following my heart that's kind of how I got back on the path and all of this is to say you know you said it sounds like I worked for that experience I've meditated <laughs> listen to me <laughs> I've meditated like and now it's just a practice I just do it like at least an hour. Uh, I'm sometimes 30 minutes sometimes 2 hours a day but a hundred like I just do that. That's part of the the practice for me is meditation. Yeah, and part of it is because I want to have these incredible, enlightening experiences, but not just to have the experience. I think it's really, I want to feel who and what I am in truth at 100% capacity. And it is a self act, like it's an act of self love, right? What you're yeah. doing, basically, you made it part of your life. It's not that you're doing it for to get somewhere exactly, but. It's for I've done a lot enjoying, of that. <laughs> and we all have. To know? get enlightenment. And and we and it's always a good reminder because I think it's something that will be always there. Like that's the masculine, you know? It and wants and to, it's like, the mind. It's the it, and it wants to yeah, do the thing to yeah. get the thing. And it's alright. Right, it's exactly. Right. And being gentle on that part of myself. Yeah. That's been huge too. It's like, oh okay. I see that cri- uh, what's arising in, in Christopher as he's meditating is the desire for freedom because he's buying into the illusion that he's not free right now. Okay, that's okay. It's okay. That's just yeah. what's arising. Yeah. So. And then, then you get to get on the other side of it and just like enjoy the presence of it and maybe exactly. whatever is the gift that comes with each one meditation that you sit in. Because it's all, it's all really... That was, like, at Awake, we did a, we had a little mushroom, like a light two-gram mushroom journey. Kind of, it was heavy for me, though. It was really heavy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be light two grams. Uh, well, right, yeah. And that's, for other people, everyone had, seemed like a really joyful, blissful. Fear was arising for me. So much fear. So much. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't connected to anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I, I was thinking of some life circumstance. I was just feeling fear in my body, like full fight or flight and I would I laid there I went and I was alone I was with everyone but then I was like hey I'm called to be alone because I wanted to work through Uh it and I have confidence in myself I've done that many times Mm -hmm. with plant medicine and stuff 
And I'm sitting there, and yeah, there was like the beloved and the cosmic mother hugging me and tears of gratitude at the beginning, but then it turned into this fear thing. And I was sitting there, Nicola, laying there, and I was trying to do like a, an intellectual, like, well, who's the one that's feeling the fear? Nope. It's like, just feel it. Just feel it. And then I, and I noticed that everything that I was doing was an attempt to make it different than it was. Mm-hmm. And then so then, then my mind, my mind, and I think we share this like a, a very, I definitely have a very intellectual mind when it comes to lots of different things. And I can, it can be my own worst enemy because I, I was like, oh, I need to surrender. Why do I want to surrender so that I can make this different than it is? I was like, I can't even surrender. And I wish I could say then the surrender happened. It was, no, it was just again and again, this message that, that I felt was just like, this is the experience of what's arising, which is fear. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I kind of gave up. I kind of did give up to it. And I was just breathing through it. I'm like, all right, fear is arising. I can't do anything about it, I guess. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, wow. Mushrooms, they can do this. They're so, they're such an amazing teacher. I mean... reminded me of my own experience with the with my first real mushroom ceremony actually that I had yeah at the home farm I just want to say something people think that I've gone through so many things because I mean ceremonies and plant medicine journeys and uh-huh. stuff like that because I am diving deep last eight years and it's been just like all around me all the time and I've been just saying no, I, I was saying no, you know, to mm-hmm. like the last year when I finally started to be ready. Except your coffee. She says yes to her plant medicine coffee often. I know that. Coffee and Santa Maria. Like Santa Maria is my friend, you know, yeah. like that's my medicine, but it's because it's so gentle and mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. I, I know how to work with that <clears throat> to my biggest benefit. Mm-hmm. However, I wanted to say. I think you were you were talking about your journeys with what you said about oh, your, your plant medicine. Right. Uh, Reminded me the first mushrooms. experience because it was a kind of uh, it was a lot, and I think I had something similar to to what you had around two grams and it mm-hmm. was for the first time. But it was you know in a beautiful feminine held space by women. Mm. Uh, at the home farm mm-hmm. so I was like really proud of myself and happy to to have this as my first experience mm-hmm. just to begin begin with like to to wait for when that experience is calling you really when you feel everything is aligned right not to rush anything it's just really also to feel ready and prepared for that teacher I have a big respect for all the plant medicines and all the wisdom that's being carried in the, in the nature. And with this, you know, humble approach, and uh, it was just like a beautiful journey for me, but I was also ready to see or receive anything. And because I know that what they do is really kind of just like mirror to you whatever your inner re- reality is, mm-hmm. mushrooms, right? When I was going, I guess that's what I believe that's what I think 
when I was going into it, I was feeling coming through me, I felt a lot of darkness there. I, I mean, I had this vision of the darkness coming at me with this, like a red bullish flashes, so surreal. And mm. like, I wasn't ready to go there. And I did not. It mm -hmm. was, it was this beautiful dance of me, like being in control and allowing actually. Well, that, that's interesting. You said, I wasn't ready to go there, so I didn't. So you kind of weren't. You could, you, you kind of, it sounds like you decided that there yeah. was this place that you had the <coughs> opportunity maybe to go into, and you were able to. But you had no choice? Fuck no. <laughs> I didn't have any choice. It was, I was just like, this is what I'm feeling. And then, and That's yeah. a beautiful teaching of like, accept, yeah. man, feel it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love, I love, especially when men, when guys allow themselves relief, like feel everything. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Re reviving, reactivating. It was really hard, you know? It's like, I just didn't want to feel that. Like, why am I feeling this? Like, why? Am I suppressing fear? Am I... And then I'm trying... And then, like, that's the worst part. When I'm on... Have it... In, and then I'm trying to figure it out. And it's like, that's not helping either. Mm. And it's, again, taking me away from just feeling it. So every time I did a <clears throat> technique, it was just like... I felt like I was being, like, a tidal wave of, like, no, Christopher. Just... Yours. Yes, I love it. They're like, this is how you do it. Listen. Well, hey, this is a good point, maybe, to talk about. I love your bracelet. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's stone. It's a gift. Can you show it to the... Yeah, it's beautiful. It actually should help me with communication. And that's tiger eye around it as well, yeah. Yeah. It should help me with communication. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, you want to you yeah. bridge where? where to Tantra. And, yeah. here, and here's how, because my experience, I'll share with you what I think it is. And yeah, like I want to hear from you, your experience of what Tantra is, your experience with it, and then maybe some further insight into what your spiritual practice has been like and how that ties into the mentorship that you're doing. And then maybe if, if we get to it, we can get to the Ooh, given okay. stuff, but mm -hmm. so that's a lot, but I, I can come back to it. Mm -hmm. Um, my mind does the, it kind of creates these like yeah, keeps me on track. Keep, keep, you, if you can keep me on track. <laughs> um, so yeah, with Tantra, I was thinking about with the mushrooms because I was talking about the mushrooms basically just being like Christopher, feel this. And my experience with Tantra, limited, very limited. But one of my teachers was a Tantra teacher for like 15, 20 years, Kashmir Shaivism and Advaita Vedanta. Mm -hmm. So non-duality and then Tantra. And Tantra is like in a way the not opposite but the polar opposite of non-duality where non-duality is like everything's consciousness it's just consciousness and it's it's not the body it's not we're, we're all of it basically it's the path of rejecting it ultimately accepting it to say it's all of it anyhow whereas Tantra it's like there's something around the holy tremor which I've heard of which the holy tremor of life is feeling it and going into it and realizing god or spirit through the physical experience through like feel the feelings feel the thing where then that's how it's opposite to non-duality where it's like just going to the consciousness the the not physical aspect mm -hmm. is that in your experience mm -hmm. what tantra yeah, is totally because there's which isn't about sex not just sex you know and i think that's one of the 
misconceptions. Yeah, exactly. It's really, yeah, where to start? I mean, it's really, for me, it's, it's really beautiful, I said it, because to me, it really is, is, is using all the, is building on, du, in the pola, on, on duality, mm -hmm. on polarity. Mm -hmm. It's using the w wisdom of like, what it is to be, be that <coughs> embodiment somehow, somehow as well. well well huh. but embodiment is a good word there too yeah I mean what Tantra really taught me was to feel my body and feel mm -hmm. my feelings deeper and uh, there is something that feels very holistic mm -hmm. and what Tantra works with is the, the life force really ultimately mm -hmm. right because our sexual energy is the most powerful energy that we have here hence creatrix right? it's creatrix exactly <laughs> and it's the most creative one and um yeah it was such a big shift for me when i actually started to see that there is so much more to that energy and let's stop calling it sexual because it just leads us to a to a limited mindset when, and all the conditioning right conditioning but stuff. when there is a life force which that really is because that's where the life is born um and it's being used in a different ways you know it can just bring so much benefit to one's life on so many different levels and tantra I think there is crazy amount of books that I could read and teachers that I could talk to and I would never, it feels like I would never stop learning. Mm -hmm. I am still feeling like a very beginner and like very beginner student of the Tantra. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's also to say that I'm not, I'm not what I'm doing with myself with my own life is not that I'm actually like wanting to like merge in with some specific philosophy that's like outside of me sure. but I am actually learning how to like uh, reach that wisdom that's within me very tantric of you right <laughs> ironically so, right in a funny way <clears throat> at some point I started to really ser stop searching for outside knowledge because I felt like I have enough of understanding mm -hmm. the basic principles that are really just energies and polarity and breath and vibration yeah. and sound and all of that together with human interaction the more some one person just like really even practices to, to feel how to feel energy it, it's actually it comes in pretty mm -hmm. fast I'd say once somebody start to practice mm -hmm. So for me, it's now I'm learning through my living experience more, ta more about Tantra, mm -hmm. really. Um, but there's, um, there's like, there's so many amazing techniques and practices and yeah. And also, you know, my spiritual practice is changing with my cycles and really depends where I'm at in my life. Sometimes I find it more important for my spiritual practice just to be sitting surrounded by nature and be in a silence and meditation for hours and mm -hmm. sometimes for me it's just like really dancing or doing a little bit of a breath exercise mm -hmm. or just like stimulating my mind and it really it depends where I'm at in my life and where I need to channel my energy into what 
you know if it's like my work my my self-growth or my relationships yeah I just have so much appreciation for you as I'm sitting here listening to you I'm like what a life I know it's amazing <laughs> isn't it yeah wow and I'm so grateful that I met you you know because you're you're one of the people that are dear to my heart and I feel like there's this like soul family mm. vibe to it and all together with girls and mm -hmm. just uh, I feel just like friends for life and it's beautiful to feel the family all over the world mm. since I also had to shift what it means for me home and like the place that I call home and is there a place is there a house or mm -hmm what it all means actually yeah like literally as you were speaking it was like I went into this kind of portal and when you're talking about your practices of a time like not that long ago for me maybe about four or five years ago where this like talking to you knowing you hearing about your practices what you're committing your life to having a podcast talking about like that was a total dream and here we are <laughs> oh, oh okay my God, wow living the dreams yeah. really yeah that's what 22 is for me 22 this, yeah this year yeah. I, it feels like it mm -hmm. pinch me and, you know i realized it's that real. that's the thing so I, w I had a lucid dream the other night <laughs> and and i pinched myself in the dream. In the dream. And guess what happened? I felt dream pain. Oh my god, dream pain. <laughs> I felt pain. just like this. I was like, wait. I feel dream. But I knew I was dreaming. I was pinching my body. And I was like, well, that hurts. That hurts just like it hurts when I'm awake. <laughs> Whoa. That's interesting. Because <laughs> there's a... Dude, you know that saying, right? Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Yeah. Right? There's, yeah. Yeah, I know uh, that. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. That, that's what I was thinking of. Before I got taken off into this portal that I had, <laughs> was when you were over here last week, I'm pointing there, because we were sitting on <laughs> this chair that's now in our bedroom for the podcast. Anyhow, we were sitting out on the deck here, and I think I was telling you about how I've given up um, specific forms of information right now, too. Like you were talking about, you could probably learn endlessly about Tantra, and I love, I'm a nerd, like I'm such an intellectual nerd about psychology philosophy consciousness current like everything i just like i listen to maybe sometimes between reading books and listening to stuff like sometimes three hours a day mm -hmm. i don't listen to it on like double speed so i can mm -hmm. get more of it in smaller amount of time and i love it and i appreciate my mind but zlatka actually she invited me she said babe i think for 49 days because it's like the amount of time that apparently buddha meditated Four before it's 49 it's a nice spiritual number <laughs> she said 49 days don't consume anything mm -hmm. and so I'm on I'm on that journey it's like day I don't know 35 but interestingly like I gave up meditation once too because I was attached to it like I was really it hasn't been hard now what because I'm not listening to stuff more guess what I'm doing more of do you know <laughs> what is that what is this eyebrow thing you're giving me what does that mean? What Tell me. I'm creating more. I'm creating, talking about creating. Yeah, in, in all the ways, right? Because I'm not consuming more of other people's this or that. So I'm feeling more. I'm creating more. Right now, this is a really good example. 
And if, like, for example, the time, I know this is a small example, but the time that it requires to be in communication with others, maybe I wouldn't have sent that message to you or responded to you and like, hey, yeah, let's create this right now. Because I have like, let's say on average two hours a day, two hours a day, seven days a week, that's 14 hours that I'm learning or intaking other stuff. Whereas now that minimum 14 hours, I'm in conversation with people. I'm coaching, I'm doing a podcast, I'm going, you know, whatever it is. So it's like I have more time and I'm just more in my life. Mm-hmm. Which I like, I appreciate. More present. Yeah, yeah for Presence, sure. Right? Yeah. So how did you become a mentor? How did you how did you get into mentorship? Yeah, let's start there. Mm-hmm. What is that journey like? Mm. What is it like? <clears throat> well it it actually did started with me learning about Tantra and going into Tantric massages, becoming a Tantric masseuse, Mm -hmm. uh, which was an amazing learning lesson to begin with. And like that allowed me to practice and deepen my feeling a lot. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it was really just to learn how to feel things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's all about the energy. So, once I saw that I need to, so something I learned about myself is that I need to go deep, like deep, no matter what I'm doing, okay? Um, so it's something very important to me. I need to have a deep meaning, deep sense in, in my actions, in my days, in my life. And that's, that was a big driving force. Yeah. And... I learned as I was practicing that, you know, I can go deeper. It's not just, I don't want just people to come spend um, three hours with me and like trip elsewhere. They have experiences like buying a, like having an amazing gastronomic experience and going back home and not really taking good care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? What I'm hearing you say is when you provide a deep experience or you're you're co-creating a deep experience with someone else, not only do you like yeah maybe it could be great that you have like some big cosmic this or that but it deeply matters that it's meaningful and then integratable in, across other areas of their life right. something like that yes and what it meant for me it means continuous consistent work mm-hmm. right because like it's the, it's the, it's the time and and steps to be taken and it's all the evolution so i because i like knew about myself that I I somehow am here to help others to like bridge, you know, like get over the bridges, like help in the, the between space. It's very, it was very, honestly, very frustrating thing to learn about myself because when I started to learn, search for my purpose, I was searching for specific things, more specific things than just like this, hey, I'm here to guide others from one end to another. Mm. and but this is what i kind of had to accept and it is why why was that frustrating it it, because it it somehow bridges into my relationships and into my intimate relationships so that's that's the challenging part about this gift because usually i am like i am attract like people are people that are attracted to me am i saying it right people that i am yeah, they are attracted to me. They're in some sort of 
transition in their life. That's when, that's my observation when I'm talking about guys. Okay. God, I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go there right now. But uh, that's the that's the reason why I also started to want to be uh, something like a guy or mentor. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not hundred percent feeling like good about calling myself a mentor because yeah. I'm just really here to reflect things to people, give them perspectives, zo- let help them to zoom out and and see what they can do different and what they can work on. Really, I think that's what I'm here to really show people is hopefully show them how they can reach their own guidance, their own inner guidance, their own inner, you know, like whispering and and all this, like this own inner authority, like self-worth, self-love, all of this. So that's like because it's my journey this is how i got you know to where i'm at like after searching all to all, at all the different places outside of me i went to a place where i accepted this is who i am and maybe i just love this from this this thing and, and like this thing from a buddhism and this from this thing from a, from from a maya so you know what i'm saying like the mind wants to belong somewhere and for be in the box or not you know what i'm saying there's this just this conditioning like we condition ourselves all the time this is why i and that, yeah i mean it's crazy <sighs> it's crazy the mind's conditioning but this is one of the reasons why I, on on my facebook you'll see that it says i'm an unteacher unteacher i'm an unteacher <laughs> i love like that because i want to yeah i want to help people the idea I, I say it gets crazy because even that then could become a dogma or I could I could start making a false identity around that one specific thing where that doesn't actually fully encapsulate it too, which is why mm-hmm. any of these labels are challenging. But um, yeah, I was thinking when you were speaking, talking about maybe not feeling totally comfortable calling yourself a mentor. What if you called yourself a mirror a mirror an alchemical mirror yeah it's the fun I mean I could do that and then (laughs) I have to think about like who I want to talk to you know and what these people really what will they understand if like what I want to translate that's the thing that's the thing about it right Mm -hmm. because it's like you want to say or I've wanted to say in the past it's like somewhere I want in their coach or guide or something that's a signpost to say feel like alchemical mirror like what does that mean so it's it's interesting Uh and it's so interesting especially with the nature of the work that you're doing and the nature of the work that i do because it speaks directly to this dichotomy of what how i view myself and then how i'm viewed by society or whatever the other is and yeah it's this it's this it's this fun dance so but that's you know what was leading me into really thinking about mentorship because i i had collected so many powerful tools tools on those eight years because i was like you know going going for it and i was for one intense year really on a spiritual search like i was i was going for for all those retreats and and like really trying to just get to know myself story. better because there was yeah there was this time of it also in my life where I was like 
burnout from doing sales and searching for where I'm, where can I go next uh-huh. and not really knowing about about myself much so mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I was like I really wanted to dig deep anyways so I had so many tools and it actually all become became with me writing starting to write a book when I was here after one pretty powerful first half a year here in Costa Rica mm-hmm. I went through a lot and just somehow at that moment things started to for first time click in and it just started to make more sense in my head and so I was able to channel a lot of that information onto a paper and I started to write that book that was basically like the whole concept of like all the things that you want to have in mind when you're on a spiritual journey like duality and like action and reaction and what's polarity and like how to work with sexual and like a life force energy and all these things you know i started to realize all these like these aspects that we face during different times some of them more some of them less sometimes all of them at once and we don't you know it's just like Oh, it was a beautiful, brilliant time period that I had and I started to think about how could I actually guide somebody else, you know, help help guide with these things. Because I think it's pretty much universal, mm-hmm. a lot of what's in there. And this is how it all started and, um, you know, when I was living at the home farm, for that whole year, I put all these dreams away, you know, and I really put myself into in a service and I really wanted to help that place to just mm-hmm. grow and and it was beautiful, beautiful journey. And I didn't really made myself a priority mm-hmm. if, enough to, to go deeper. But now, you know, as everything just somehow unfolded and this seed that I that I planted inside myself about this mentoring and the concept the whole concept that actually now I get to practice with my client Mm -hmm. uh, just all came very naturally and there was nothing I could do to push myself and I had to accept this part of the journey as well because it had on all it all had its own timing Mm-hmm. And I had to go through periods in my own evolution to be able to get to, to a place where I'm right now, where finally I'm like just so much in confidence and accepting that like there's no doubt in my reality mm-hmm. about me not knowing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's like the big shift, I guess. Mm. So it all just naturally, you know, grew. It became a little young plant inside me and. As I was working on listening to the heart, because like I'm on the heart journey all the time as well, you mm-hmm. know, making sure that I always listen to my intuition. Sometimes it's about making difficult decisions and yeah. like not being hundred percent sure. But really, s- since you listen to the heart, it always pays back, and it's my experience. So somehow I this. This guy who used to be my client, he, he, he used to come for a tantric massage, actually called me and he, was, he became my first client and now I get to mentor guide long mm-hmm. distance. Um, and I get to actually give him and share with him 
the toolkit that I have ready now. Mm-hmm. Being an empath, being able to feel and read a lot of other people's energy is just really making this work amazing, magical. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that there's some points, because I've had this many times, where you're feeling something and the courageous thing or the difficult thing is, oh, fuck, I gotta, not I have to, but I know that it would be deeply of service if I brought this up into the field and spoke to it, to this client or to this person and said, hey, what I'm feeling right now is this. I don't know if this is it, but this is, because it takes, because you could be wrong, right? But most of the time you're right about it. At least my experience is that if I speak to it, at least there's some, even if it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling just some some weirdness in the field right now. And I can feel it in my throat and like maybe there's something between us. Even that sometimes. So something that I learned from Tantra specifically, mm-hmm. is great practice that everything is divine. Whatever you're carrying with the information. Whatever's you, arising is divine. Whatever is arising yeah. is divine. Exactly. I love that. So that's like yes maybe you are wrong but if like the impulse is there that's divine it's that's divine (laughs) exactly Uh. you know because if the realizing is there oh i made a mistake then it becomes the learning lesson and that's what you needed right so everything that's arising is divine Mm -hmm. and i also notice and trust that you know we most of the times attract the people that are somehow sharing similar stories so our reflections are important yeah because we share something in the story because ultimately what's happening here with humans all of us right is that we we have all the things to to go through somehow in a different order and like we all experience the same shit right poem if anyone's anyone's a, that's that's watching on youtube on the replay when she comes in for you you're going through it too right i mean i love that I love you, that so you had your heart broken and you were yeah. fearing to like cross your boundaries and i don't know you you let your boundaries to be crossed as well and like you know all these things that we have here as a human experience we all share them just in different order so that's like why don't we just like respect where we are at the journey and I love you for your uniqueness and you can love me and for my uniqueness and we can celebrate our different opinions and just be that, right? I'm loving this. And <laughs> the, the the last like three or four minutes is such a gem of what you said. Like that that reminder is so big of for example when I was feeling the fear with the mushrooms or sometimes I'll feel this tight ball in my throat and it's like it can be agonizing it can be the most painful thing but I swear so many times that when I really look at it or when I really really go and investigate it the thing that I thought was uh, fear of speaking my truth or whatever it actually turns out to be like this immense energy divine like what i thought was this ball where i'm afraid to share my truth is like a diamond life force of my ability to share truth 
in the moment. It's like I misidentify it or I see it. I see it in, in a way that I'm judging is wrong, but I'm just, I have these mental ideas that kind of create the, but then when I really feel it, I'm going to keep the recording going. Are you going to post the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm able to put them together and then post it in one podcast. Wow. I've, I've, I'm, I've been getting technical with this stuff and surprisingly it's pretty easy on this app you literally just drag and drop it and yeah. you can put like three audio files in one anyhow i don't know where it left off because the anchor stopped recording uh what i was sharing with uh nicola here is the thing that i'm very curious about because she's mentioned it multiple times what exactly if you want to talk about it is a tantric massage like what is that oh yeah tantric massage is a beautiful ceremony mm-hmm it's a it's a ritual mm-hmm. it's also a deep healing session it's like you know the way i i learned uh tantric massage is that first of all there needs to be clear conversation um, and agreement made at the beginning you know those two people need to know exactly What's gonna so one of the most important things for this to go into the directions that usually we want, which is more blissful, more more surrendered, more receiving mode, mm-hmm. uh, is to create a safe space, safe place, yeah. right? And trust. And for that you need to speak clearly about things that you want the other person to be prepared for first of all mm-hmm. is the one that's giving and also just set the, in, the whole intention for this session and usually goes to a deeper than just like hey i just want to relax my body mm-hmm. it's it usually it goes into a that's the way like i'm talking about the way that i really work with this okay Mm -hmm. and i just want to say that there is a thousands of types of probably different experiences that you can have with tantric massage and that's Mm -hmm. the thing like i don't really know what it really is i mean i know from my teacher who taught me that this is that way and then on the other side of the world it can be totally different experience and and it doesn't even need to be that you know when i when i did tantric massage it would be some of my colleagues that would do it in ways that i wouldn't agree with you know and they they still get to call it tantric massage so i don't want to talk about what's right or wrong yeah i don't really know what's right or wrong but um i was just blessed enough to be in a place where i could just really go into doing it the way that I feel is right mm-hmm. and that it's resonant with my heart and that was many times in a different like usually guys would expect you know to have some sort of like a sexual experience to put it for lack of the better words just to put it in this way mm-hmm. and um, many times if there happened that you know I would say sorry but I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. and we're not we're not going into the session and I would send the client away. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. why I love being, working with that, okay. that yeah. place that I was because they allowed me to do it the way that I, f- I want to do it. And that means I, I would say to a guy, everybody who came, I said, don't expect that you're going to like a reach 
climax here, okay? So uh -huh. This is not why you're here. It's not about the climax, but it's about going as deep as you possibly can go. Something like that? It's more about really even, like, uh, teaching your body how to feel in the different ways and how to actually sense your sexual energy and teaching your body how to consciously work with it. Ah, uh, okay, so it does have something to do with working with the sexual energy, but it that does. doesn't mean you... you Okay, I'll just clarify as clear as I can because of all the different things that I've heard about. And because talks. it's like, yeah, and maybe I'll just like yeah, add before you go for the clarification. Please. I totally appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> it's also because normally the client is naked from the head to toe, and mm -hmm. the tantric massage is really like a whole body experience from head to toe, and there's like not a place on the body that would stay untouched if you know we didn't agree. On something right on something before. other than that so that's why to have this conversation before it's like so so crucial and important always mm -hmm. to make sure that we know what we're going to be doing and what they're asked to be doing and because tantric massage means today so many different things when they came to me i'd say we will going to work we were going to awake your energy we were going to move it around your body you need to do this and this and that to help work with that you know? what is is that the same thing every time mm -hmm. those three things yeah what is three it? keys it's a breath sound and movement uh-huh yeah you're being basically asked during the massage so when this initial phase is done you know we have cleared uh agreement and we know that it's going to take it's going to take from two to three hours and we are setting the right intention and we know that for example we're not going to it's an explicit podcast you could just say it <laughs> if you want to which is not going to like massage your um prostate you know or uh, something uh, like uh, your sure sure i'm going to go into these places um, every every area on the outside of the body <laughs> outside of the body right but sometimes people are sensitive even around that and especially when oh. it's like a first experience you really want to honor and like make sure that there is just like only as much as that person that person can take and sometimes just receive for two hours with just being deeply in your breath means your breath is deep what happens naturally is that if you breathe like this in this rhythm for a little longer i don't know how much how, how long it takes for actually your body really to start sensitized so then the tantric touch comes with uh, different ways of touching and basically like it's they call it like taking down the layer of the onion right mm -hmm. because it can be touch can have so many different ways and each is 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 awakening that skin and that basically the biggest organ that we have on on the body in a different ways and really what is teaching you to first of all feel more learn how to receive because now you're like supposed to lay for two hours and you're receiving really beautiful massage and for some people it can be just like so much uh, mm -hmm. to even like receive you know there is like mm -hmm. we don't know how, how to really open to, to receive love 
as a human so there's like so many beautiful like deep layers in that wow. one session yeah there's different way how the massage you know is being done and you can use like hot stones and really create as, as diverse experience as possible to bring as much feelings and experience to the body and then you know the, pr the work of the muscles is also to actually purify so there is like basically with the massage with the touch that is being made in a really slow 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 motion mm -hmm. is the energy is being first of all like purified outside of the body and then when the person receives from the other side it's being brought in and then my favorite way was always lead them more into a really like uh feeling the energy sending it into the heart and just having that sensory experience mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't go actively into like any more of the guidance because there are ways of course how you can you can guide somebody into a whole body orgasmic experience by a specific breath exercise mm -hmm. you know and yeah there's there's plenty of stuff that can be done um, but I think what really matters to me is to take the attention away from that limited area of experience which is really under the belly, right? Right, like right. How to learn, how to expand this energy yeah, outside. Yeah. And that's, to me, what really tantric massage is mm. good for. For having this experience and with good masseuse, you know support and help that you can have that experience so much more easier mm -hmm. and also it's just like the taste of it now 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 you now you have to do your own part you're in the work now you have to do go and do the work to get somewhere else like a self-practice self-practice but also you know bring it to your connections like yeah talk okay about bring that in the, oh, okay yeah, bring yeah. it into the life to the embodiment right so that's like tantric massage it's pretty comprehensive yeah and it's not the only thing it's right. just one that's of the tools yeah. that I want to be using so that's why I don't call myself tantrika anymore yeah, yeah. and I don't like even associate myself much with tantric community because I see myself more as of somebody who is more holistically just um you know, I don't know I don't want to have a sticker you know. well I like the creatrix because yeah, I think creatrix. that that covers yeah. you know what you're any I would imagine with the client that you're working with that you talked about that well I'm sure that's interesting because you've worked with this person as a tantric uh massage client but now you're all you're doing sort of like mentorship maybe some spiritual work I imagine and, yeah. and things like that and so I imagine the same f sort of core principles that you spoke to of bringing it into your heart, bringing it into your different relationships, bringing it into the light, that that's, you're probably using a lot of yeah. similar tools in that work as well. Yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> it's There's nothing the new to be invented. <laughs> should, that be the, should that be the name of the podcast? It's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. Or everything is divine. What do you like better? Because we kind of touched on both of those mm. today. What's arising? Everything What's, arising. Whatever divine. arising, whatever what arises is divine. Mm -hmm. It's a little too wordy. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. What should put us in the put in the comments on YouTube what you think the title yeah, of this podcast should be. Do you want to talk about uh, Giveth and all and the the work there because that's pretty in being a co-founding member of the collective yeah, or do you feel that that we could do that for the second time I have you as a guest on the podcast? I think that would be better because Let's save it. Diamante Bridge Collective and That's Giveth, a big conversation. It's a big conversation and both deserve <laughs> attention because yeah. both are amazing revolutionary projects that are really wow it's carrying they're carrying a lot of potential that can bring a lot of beautiful change to the reality that we ex- we, we don't have to experience anymore i mean let's give a teaser a teaser and I'll I'll begin the teaser by saying this and then you could just add whatever else because this is kind of my understanding of it interestingly Tien's coming over tonight hey tonight yeah he's, he's, he's spending the night here because he's giving me his talk tomorrow I'm helping I'm helping him I'll, I'll be there too alright cool mm-hmm. so Tien is one of the um, masterminds if I could call it that behind the project that uh, Nicola and I are talking about and I went to a meeting Interestingly, the meeting was about alternative currency, which is, um, as we all know, more and more popular with crypto and, and other forms of currency. And this whole talk, I, it was a kind of like a alternative currency conversation around Giveth, around the, uh, the collective that you're involved with and a co-founding member of. However, he started the talk by saying the, the solution to all of this is plant food close to your house. <laughs> and, and what the, the, so my yeah. experience of it is the, the life that we're creating here on the mountain, the life that, yeah, I mean, we're bridging this. The whole thing yeah. is going to be one collective yeah. system. In, I mean, I don't want to say one collective system in Costa Rica, but like hubs, nodes of different self-sustainable, eco-conscious living villages that are completely on an alternative currency uh, paradigm as opposed to the fiat currency in the world. That's essentially, mm-hmm. would you say it in a nutshell? Well, as you're speaking, I just, I'm just having my beautiful, this beautiful Please, like, insight. Share it. What happens uh, when these two connect? Okay, the A is awesome conscious community rooted with the mother earth knowing how to take care of food how to put on a culture how to build healthy relationships with self other self and the land and with your neighbors you know so when there is what happens when there is a community that's on the ground that's actually managing somehow to govern itself not to be so dependent on the outside systems and what happens when this one connects with the other community that is absolutely virtual but its biggest intention is decentralized altruism philanthropy and making public goods accessible to everyone for free what if this exists in a virtual world and it's like sneaking in the public non-profit sector because that's that's like that's what's happening right now we're just like and the non the, the non-profit pub, you know, sector is also being more and more interested in the Web3 and DAO and all this beautiful uh, language and, and innovative, uh, commu- innov- innovative communities that are being right now online 
you know so yeah we're connecting and bridging really to worlds that have the tools and that's the thing like it feels like right now we magic have the is tools. gonna happen I think that's what's gonna happen it's so, like we have the tools do you we're believe it? it yeah we're it's really like it. now I'm just paraphrasing the Griff Green saying like hey we have the tools do you believe it uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah wow well and I, that's the teaser, but I do want to say one thing just for clarity of understanding because okay. maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but it's not free. I mean, it is free in the way that we would think of being free, but, but to me, what I hear is it requires, like the recipient of that, it requires their participation in the community in some way, right? It's not like this is a service that's going to be provided for all. Well, maybe ultimately everyone all around the world, exactly. But it, it, like you, you can't benefit from it, but not be a participant in it, right? And that's the exchange that I'm kind of speaking to. Um, There's an exchange. There, well... Or is there not? I don't know. Maybe it is free. Um, there is, there's, I would say there are some layers of exchange. And now, now we're talking, when we're talking about public goods, uh-huh. we're talking uh, about, okay, let, we can talk about like what I all that I can see that's coming into the divot, onto the platform, Mm -hmm. means all the projects that are coming onto the platform. uh, Like, I'm the filtration person. I need to read it all and make sure that's, like, all good. So I get to see it all, and it's amazing. And... That's a lot of work, uh, I imagine. Um... No, not really. I mean, the basic criteria for listing is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I get to read lot of amazing projects and with public goods and really what uh it means uh in terms of like how it works with give it that would be for sure for next 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 podcast but it's about really how you can come up with a project that will solve the biggest problems on the planet that are what not enough food shelter and water so first more that's a yeah, right yeah. so first you would go and there are, there are many projects that are supporting shelters for kids in Africa except the donation goes right from this wallet directly to that wallet there is like transparency there's no like hey we're gonna give 5% of these people and, and that's what you mean like, by free Mm, the project free, is funded for free this this project is getting the okay. support for free it i means see those okay people right. can potentially get now. their yeah. food and shelter for free and there is more to it because this can actually sustain itself if it's like used in the right way yeah as with all the potential that crypto actually has you know that it, there mm. is thing called like a bonding curves and smart contracts and and all these things called liquidity pools where all the tokens can just yeah. like grow you know and you can come into your garden and harvest your value that just passively grow over the night just because you staked um whatever amount of your tokens that you didn't donate or you actually did donate to a verified project mm-hmm. And you receive some value back because that's another thing. It's like so much, so much cool stuff is is happening in the Gavit. Yeah, right. So whatever you receive back, you can actually stake into pools and and come and harvest in your garden every day. Your new tokens that just grow overnight, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So there is a lot to it, and I am still such a beginner. You know, like, you're a beginner at everything. 
I'm, I'm, I am beginner. That's beginner mind. You know, Zen Buddhism? Uh, beginner mind. Yeah, I think I'm, get I'm, fooled I'm very natural in a beginner mind. Yeah. Because I realize... Because I'm such a big learner. Yeah. I'm a beginner, too. Okay, well, that is definitely enough of a teaser for <laughs> the next episode. Oh. Maybe we'll name this... I was thinking something was coming, like, Alternative Currencies, The Divinity of Everything, and Tantra. Because we covered a lot of bases. Wow. Right. Hey, if you if you if you look at it all the way here, because I want to know about it. Yeah, let us know your comments. If you made it, we should make it like somehow rewarded. Hey, if you made it all the way here, now you get to hear something very spicy. Uh, You're working in the giveth idea into it. I love it. Um, Yeah, let us know. Let us know what you thought about it. Let us know uh, what your experience of our conversation was. And we'll see you, I'll see you next time on Unspeakable Bliss. Thank you for having me, Christopher. I had a really awesome chat with you. It was just fun. It's always good to talk to you. No. We're going to go have breakfast. Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. (laughs) So much pleasure. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye, everyone.